Thursday, you got through Wednesday, now it's downhill into Friday, and I am going to reward you with a Western. Hi everybody, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old time radio podcast for Thursday, this is October the 8th, 2020. And Chester, you made it through the week, you're looking good. Any big plans this weekend? You're going to... Oh, yeah. Uh, people are doing that around here. They, they what do they what do they call aerate? They aerate their lawns. They go through with that thing and pull up the plugs and it's supposed to I don't know. What does it do? It gives the water and the air a chance to get in there and make the lawn healthier, I guess. And fertilize and all that. So you're gonna spend the whole weekend in the garden and in the yard. All right, well that's good. It's perfect weather for it. We're going to have 80-something degrees again here today, so I don't know. We're going through this warm spell. Now, next week, it'll be probably cold. Who knows? Anyway, glad to have you along. Glad you made it to, to Thursday. We have a great Western lined up today. We'll tell you about it in just a minute. But uh, right, what you need to do right now is to go and sit in that chair, get your feet up, get yourself something cold to drink, and let the problems of the day drift away because we are going to entertain you with a great old time radio western in just a minute Thursday has got its own peculiar way of staying sometimes Thursday makes you want to run away Thursday such a crazy lizard.
the music indicates, it is time for Gunsmoke, everybody. And we've got a good one tonight. This one goes back to 912 of 1953, originally heard on CBS September the 12th of that year. The name of this one is Prairie Happy. It was written by John Meston. It features uh, John Daner playing his grizzled old man. I love it when he does that. It also has uh, Lawrence Dopkin, uh, James Nusser. I forget who all's in it, but you'll hear the cast at the end. Pretty good story. Matt returns from a trip, finding the entire city of Dodge preparing for an Indian attack. Matt always is the logical thinker in town and the sound of reason. And rather than just jumping on the bandwagon, having all of this fear and panic take over, he logically solves the problem because something doesn't sound right to Matt about the whole situation. Some good interplay between characters here. Listen to where he talks to Kitty tonight. Is Kitty supposed to sound drunk? It almost made me wonder if uh, Georgia Ellis hadn't had a little something to drink before she did the show that that that, that morning, I guess. Probably not. I, I, maybe that's the way she was supposed to sound, but it sounds to me like she's just been in the sauce a little bit here. Uh, any other highlights of this one? It's just a very good... This is a, a tragedy, and John Meston was good at these. He was good at action adventures, but he was also good at human nature, and this one really does examine a tragic character, a wasted old man. So here we go from September the 12th, 1953. Here's Gunsmoke, and the name of this one is Prairie Happy. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Dodge hasn't changed much, I can see, Mr. Dillon. We've only been gone a week, Chester. Seems like a year to me. <laughs> Hard ride now and then won't hurt you. Yeah, it ain't the riding so much, it's the shooting that unnerves a man. Yeah, that reminds me, I think I'll stop at the store here. I need some ammunition. Oh, boy. Take my horse onto the stable, will you, huh? All right, sir. I'll see you at the office. Good. Marshal Dillon, it's certainly good to see you back. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Green. Yes, sir, we've missed you around here. Well, that's fine. Uh, 
I'd like a couple of boxes of 45s. Oh, you're loading up, too. I guess you've already heard. What? Yes, sir. I sold more ammunition the last couple of days than I usually do in a month. I'm nearly out. There's the last box of 45s I've got. I'd have saved more for you if I'd have known, Marshal. After all, you're going to be sort of out front in this business. Mr. Green, what are you talking about? You haven't heard? Heard what? About the Indians. Indians? The Pawnees. They're going to attack tomorrow. This is the last day we've got to get ready for them. That's why everybody's been hoping you'd be back in time. We have to get organized, Marshal. Where are they, Mr. Green? Who? The Pawnees. Oh, they're out on the prairie somewhere, I, I guess. Now, what are your plans, Marshal? Well, I don't have any plans. All righty, when you decide what to do, let me know. I'll do my share of the fighting, you know that. You can count on me. We've got women and children in Dodge. May I ask one question, Mr. Green? Certainly. How do you know these Pawnees are going to attack Dodge? And how do you know they're going to attack tomorrow? Well, everybody knows about it, Marshal. That's why, like I said, they've all been buying up ammunition, getting ready. But who told them about the Indians? I don't know, Marshal. It's general knowledge. Just ask anybody. Is the whole town as jittery as you are? I'm not jittery. Marshal, this is a serious matter. Those Indians could wipe out Dodge if there's enough of them. Yeah, sure. How many are there, Mr. Green? Well, I don't know how many, Marshal. Good-sized war party, I imagine. Has anybody seen them? Oh, no, no, Marshal. They haven't seen yet. It's tomorrow they're coming. Oh. I'll put the forty-fives on my bill, Mr. Green. You let me know when you get your plans made, Marshal. You can count on me. I'll tell everybody you're back and we'll have a meeting. No. You wait till you hear from me, Mr. Green. Uh, hello, Doc. Oh, oh, hi, Matt. I saw Chester riding up Front Street, so I come down to welcome you home. I gave our horse a feed of grain, Mr. Dillon. Figured they'd earned it. Oh, good. Doc, I've been talking to Mr. Green down the street. Yes? Has he gone crazy or what? Oh, he must have told you about the Indians. Indians? Oh, the whole town's been talking about them, Matt. Pawnees are on the warpath, they say. And they're going to attack Dodge. Tomorrow, I believe it is. Good heavens, Mr. Dillon. Oh, now, don't you start it, Chester. When did all this talk begin, Doc? Uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, everybody's been pretty excited. Especially Green and Hank Risling at the Dodge house. Oh, they sure have been hoping you'd get back in time to take charge of everything. Well, what do we do, Mr. Dillon? Nothing, Chester. Well, everybody seems pretty sure about it, Matt. They'll expect you to do something. Who started all this talk, Doc? Well, I haven't heard anybody uh, mention that. Yeah. Some drunk, probably, or some greenhorn. The rumor spreads, and pretty soon everybody takes it for a fact, and then a panic begins. Well, there might be Indians, Matt. Has anybody seen them or any sign of them? Well, you're going to have a hard time talking people out of it. Maybe. But first, I've got to find out how all this nonsense started. Uh, Chester, hmm? you go ask Mr. Hightower what he knows, huh? He's got good ears. All right, sir. I'll see what I can find out in the saloons, and we'll meet back here, huh? Yes, sir. Hello, Kitty. 
You go away for a whole week and you come back with nothing but a big frown. What are you on the prod about? <laughs> People. Oh, that. How come you're not armed, Kitty? Armed? You're just going to let the Pawnees ride off with you? Aren't you going to struggle a little? <laughs> kind of exciting, isn't it, Matt? You don't seem very worried. Why should I be? Dodge is full of heroes these days. <laughs> Kitty, maybe I never gave you enough credit. For what? You got brains, too. Don't be nasty. You need a drink, Bill? Uh, no, 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 thanks. Uh, who's the old man at the bar there? The long one. The long hair. He's a sight, isn't he? You don't very often see men dressed in buckskin anymore. His name's Tewksbury. He must be 80 years old. Yeah, been half that since he's had a bath. Man his age has seen a lot of country, Kitty. Never mind him. What are you going to do about the Indians, Matt? Uh, the only thing I can do, try to keep the good citizens of Dodge from getting all triggered up and shooting each other for Pawnees tonight and tomorrow. How are you going to do that? Well, I'd like to know who started all this for one thing. I think I'll have a talk with Sam there. Bartenders generally know things. Are uh, Pawnee braves as handsome as they say, Matt? You'd be surprised if they really did raid this place, wouldn't you? Maybe. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Well, I'll see you later, Kitty. Sure, ma'am. Sam. Hello, Marshal Dillon. Welcome home. Oh, thank you, Sam. What's your pleasure? Uh, nothing right now. Sam, do you know who started all this Indian raid talk? I don't know who started it, Marshal, but everybody sure all worked up. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to find out why. Mr. Green and Hank Risling have been wanting to get organized. They'll be mighty happy you're back. Marshal, I heard Sam say your name. Mine's Tewksbury. Uh, how do you do, Mr. I, I want to offer my services, Marshal. Your services? Now, what for? There ain't nothing I don't know about Indians, Marshal. Why... I introduced Kit Carson to his first patchy over in New Mexico. Oh. And, 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 and if it hadn't been for me, John C. Fremont would, would never got back from the Des Moines River in 42. It was Arapahoes that time. Inside and out, Marshal. Backwards and forwards. Dead and alive and cheats and brave squaws and papooses. And I know them all. Well, that's fine, Mr. Tewksbury, but I don't think we've got anything to worry about. You can't trust an Indian, Marshal, anymore, and you can trust a white man. They got sharp tongues and evil ways, and they're cruel and ungrateful. Buy him a drink, Marshal. He usually shuts up at least while he's drinking it. Yeah, all right, Sam, give him a beer. Well, I thank you, Marshal, but I never drink beer. Oh, you don't? I will, however, take a little drink of straight whiskey to hold in my mouth and sweeten my tobacco. (laughs) Well, you heard him, Sam. You old devil. Old devil, am I? You'll be grateful I'm here when them ponies come screaming out of the dawn. Do you lift hair, Marshal, or do you fight like a white man? Well, I don't believe I ever scalped anybody. <laughs> the Indians got it all over you, then. They're them fierce, them ponies, and don't ever let them take you alive. I, 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 I've seen them spread eagle a man, and... Here's your whiskey, and old man. Go. Better drink it before it gets cold. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not bad whiskey. Put your words over grateful, anyway. Now you let me know when you need me, Marshal. 
I'll show you how to fight Indians. Now, you, you attack them first. You see, they're Mr. crazy Tewksbury. wild. That's what they are. Mr. Tewksbury, where did you hear about this Pawnee raid? You hear about it, but everybody's heard about it. They've all been warned. Lock the women and children in the church, Marshal, and leave them with enough guns to shoot themselves if worse comes to worse. There may not be enough real Indian fighters around here to hold off them bloodthirsty savages very long. Who told you about the raid, Mr. It's common knowledge, Marshal. Common knowledge. When's the meeting? Well, I don't know, but I expect that'll soon be common knowledge, too. Goodbye. Uh, so long, Sam. Here's for the whiskey. Thanks, Marshal. See you later. Mr. Hightower didn't know anything, Mr. Dillon, except there will be an attack tomorrow. What'd you find out? Well, I went to all the saloons, Chester, but all they had was the same story. Some wilder than others, especially an old man called Tewksbury. He seemed as bloodthirstier than anybody. I never heard of him. No, he's a stranger here. Well, look what's coming across the street. Mm. I guess this is the organizing committee, huh? Yeah. Who is that pioneer they got with him? Now, that's old Tewksbury I told you about. He's a little touched in the head, I'm afraid. Well, here they are. Gentlemen. <clears throat> gentlemen. All right, gentlemen. Now, Marshal. Marshal, there isn't much time left, and we've got to get Dodge organized. Now, Hank Reisling here and I, we've worked out a tentative plan which we uh, just a to... minute, Mr. Green. There's something I want to ask before you oh, go on. Yes, Marshal. I'd, uh, I'd like to know which one of you men heard about these Indians first. I think Charles... Oh, Charles, me? Well, I don't see it that matters which one right. heard about All right, all right, all right. Then let's say the rumor just got started somehow, okay? Pretty big for just a rumor, Marshal. Well, my wife's nearly crazy with fear. All the women are. That's why we got to do something. Get things organized. People will feel better then. You know what panic is, Risling? It's fear, all right, but a man can be afraid and still think. But when he gets panicked, he stops thinking. Like all of you right now. You're acting like cattle in a stampede. That's pretty strong talk, Marshal. Is it? Is it? Then I'll point out something else to you. You're willing to believe the Pawnees are on the warpath, and you don't even know who reported it. And on top of that, you're willing to believe they're going to attack tomorrow. Well, that's what they say, Marshal. And it's your job as the law here to do something about it. Yes. You don't help us now, the blood will be on your head. Blood? In Pawnees, are the, the bloodiest devils in the whole Indian nation. They're mean. They're downright mean. I know them. I'll show you how to fight them. We'll ride out after Chukesbury. them. That's what? Well, after them first. Chokesbury, uh, let me ask I'm you something. I'm offering huh? my services, Marshal, same as I did with John. Well, Chief listen to Fremont. me. The Pawnees are attacking tomorrow, at, is that at right? At dawn, Marshal. They always attack at dawn. If if they die at night, you see, their spirit wanders. They they got to die. Yeah, I know, I know. But there's something Indians. else about Indians I want to ask. I, I know everything there is to know about Indians. Then did you ever hear of Indians they're, telling anybody just when they were going to attack? They're just like sneaks. They never tell nobody nothing. It's just a, a whoosh. And there you are with an arrow right, right in your throat. Then how come everybody in Dodge knows when these Pawnees are coming? Now answer me straight, Chokesbury. Well, yeah, Marshal, it's just, uh, well, somebody must have found out. The only person who'd know would be an Indian. 
Well, gentlemen, have there been some Pawnee warriors in town lately getting drunk at the Alifraganza and talking when they shouldn't? Well, have there? No. No, the marshal makes sense, men. It sure don't sound right somehow. No, it sure don't. Yeah, but if you stop to think about it... Chokesbury, when did you hit Dodge? Huh? A while ago, Marshal. When? I don't know when. I don't keep pocket time. But the Indians do, though. Oh, they know just how many moons... Oh, shut up, Chokesbury. I don't want to hear any more about Indians out of you. And if you go on talking around Dodge, I'll throw you in jail and you can do your spotting there. Marshal, Marshal, he's an old man. You shouldn't ought to treat him like that. I've got that. an idea. He's the one who started this whole thing with his wild talk. And you men have made fools of yourself listening to him. Now go on home and calm down your women folk and forget it. Good night, gentlemen. Yeah, who is it? Chester, Mr. Dillon. Oh, oh, Chester. Well, come in, Chester. Say, you're all dressed. Yeah, I slept with my clothes on. I figured there might be trouble yet. There is. That's what I come to tell you. Well, then tell me. It's a fire, Mr. Dillon, at the edge of town, that old rooming house of Ari Danvers. A fire? How bad is it? The house is going, but that ain't the worst. They found some arrows nearby. What? It's the Pawnee. The rooming house of Ira Danvers stood at the edge of town. It wasn't much more than a jerry-built shack patronized by a few drunks and an occasional cowboy who had lost his pay at the games. By the time we got there, it had burned to the ground. A small crowd had gathered. Two unidentified men had died in the fire. Probably too drunk to save themselves. It was the owner, Danvers, who had discovered the arrows. Look at them, Marshal. I found them sticking in the ground yonder. Yeah. Well, they're Pawnee, all right. And devils stood out there somewhere and fired the place of burning arrows, a figure, and just shot these in to let us know who did it. Well, that could be, Danvers, but why would they set fire to only one house? What are you men waiting for? Those Indians could ride in on us any minute. Some of you men get out there and stand guard. You got some horses. Now, hold it. Hold it, you two. Let's don't get all excited. It's still dark, and no Indian's going to attack in the dark. You know that. Look, what about those arrows, Marshal? Ain't that proof enough? It's an hour till daylight, Mr. Green. Nothing's going to happen till then. We've listened to you long enough, Marshal. We've got women to protect. Risley, you come over here, and the rest of you men. We'll run this fight ourselves. Chester. Yes, sir. It's the old Tewksbury over there at the edge of the crowd. Yes, sir. He ain't talking so much tonight, is he? Drift back in the dark where he can't see you. And if he leaves here, let me know at once, huh? All right, sir. What do you make of it, Marshal? Yeah, there's nothing to worry about, Sam. What are you doing here, Kitty? Sam promised to wake me up when the action started. So he did. Well, there's been a fire and two men died. The action's over. Now go back to bed. Don't take it out on me, Matt. I didn't start this Indian scare. No, I, I'm sorry, Kitty, but this is no place for a woman. Where is a good place for oh, a now, woman? Oh, now, don't start that. What are they doing over there, Marshal? Green and Risling are organizing the defense of Dodge, Sam. They found some arrows, I hear. Yeah, they did. Pawnee arrows. And they are going to attack. They're right out there in the dark somewhere. No, I don't think so, Sam. 
Let you go look if you want. Sam, that one over here will need you too. That's Green. He's calling me. Now, then you better go. Sure, sure. I'll go. I'll go with you, Sam. I want to see what's doing. What? Oh, where is he, Chester? He drifted off behind that next shack. Uh, well, let's follow him. Come on. Were well, you close enough to see if he's armed? No, sir. I couldn't tell. It's too dark. Yeah. But quiet now. I don't see him. No, neither do I. Now, hold up a minute. Maybe we can hear him. Now, now let's go on. Hey, something moved right over there. Yeah, I saw it. Look, he's lighting a fire. Yeah, there he goes. You put out the fire, Chester, I'll catch him. Yes, sir. All right, Tewksbury, I've got you. Don't, don't, don't shoot me now. All right, get your hands in the air. I, I, I ain't armed. Well, what do you call this Bowie knife? All right, put your hands down. Well, you've been pretty talkative till tonight, Tewksbury. You want to tell me what this is all about? You go eat dirt. Where did you get those pony arrows you planted at Danvers' place? Them ponies, they, they got sharp tongues and evil ways. They're cruel and ungrateful. Tewksbury, hmm? what do you really know about the ponies? Oh, I know them. I know them. You men go kill them. You write them down. Why, Tewksbury? Why do you want them killed? They're savage devils. They treat people mean. Why do you say that? What did they do to you? Let's go drink some whiskey. Tewksbury, two men died in that fire you set at Ira Danvers. Do you realize that? White men, let them die. You can't trust me. I don't think you understand. You killed two men tonight, Tewksbury. Been a long time since I had any whiskey. Years. Are you drunk now? No. No. I'm tired. I'm awful tired. Tired and lonely. I want to lay down. Make camp. Yeah. Come along, old man. I'll show you a bed. When the citizens of Dodge found out about Tewksbury, they were at first ashamed of their panic. And because of their shame, they wanted to lynch him. But they didn't. And pretty soon they forgot about him. A week passed, and the old man never said a word. I didn't know who he was or where he came from. And then one day, an Indian woman rode into town and found her way to the jail. She was past 40, but still handsome. And she carried herself with the instinctive pride of her people, the Pawnee. This the jail. Yes, it is. You are the marshal? That's right. What can I do for you? Word has been brought that you have an old man here. Uh, Jukesbury? Yes. I have come for him. 
What? I am his daughter, Marshal. Oh, oh, I, I, I see. Well, 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 will you sit down? Thank you. So Tewksbury married a Pawnee, huh? Many years ago. My mother is dead. Yeah. Your father taught you English, huh? Yes. But I have lived among white people. Not for long. I, I like my people better. Uh, of course. I think my father does, too. He has lived with us many years. Tell me, wh what was he doing in Dodge? He is old. So old he is like a child. He ran away one night in anger. Why? Our tribe is peaceful, Marshal. We have given up war. But sometimes the young men find it difficult not to fight. My father made some whiskey. He was giving it to the young men, telling them they should kill white people. And he got caught at it? Yes. The chiefs held council. They made very strong talk. My father grew angry. He say he will destroy them. Marshal, he is old. Thoughts are no longer clear in his head. Yes, I, I understand. He has lived long. Seen many things. He does not like being old. He cannot understand why life is peaceful with us. Well, he sure stirred up a lot of trouble here. A hunter told us the story. My father will be more closely watched now. Because he has served the tribe well in the past, chiefs will send you horses. Horses? To let him come back. Oh, oh, he's, uh, he's fine. He's fine, yes. I forgot the word. Well, uh, it, it's not as simple as that. You, you see, two men died in that fire your father set I'm afraid he'll have to stand trial. Trial? Oh, your counsel. Yes. Uh, it'll be in a few days now, but... Uh, I, I've got to warn you that it might not go well with him. Two men die. I understand, Marshal. I wait. Look, would you be willing to come to the trial to talk for your father? Squaw? We allow women to talk at our trials. Then I will be there. Good. Good. Uh, now I think your father would like to see you. Come. The trial lasted one day. I don't think Tewksbury knew what it was all about or even cared. After seeing his daughter, he started talking again. But in Pawnee, never said a word in English, or even acknowledged it when he was spoken to. His daughter took the stand, and shortly after, impressed by her courage and honest dignity, the judge released Tewksbury to her custody. Outside, I said goodbye, and I watched him ride off into the prairie both mounted on her pony, the old man chattering like a bird, 
happy to be going home. No longer lonely. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were John Daner and Lawrence Dobkin, with James Nusser, Vic Perrin, and Lillian Bayef. Parley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke has been selected by the Armed Forces Radio Service to be heard by our troops overseas. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. George Walsh speaking. America now listens to 110 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network. From September the 12th, 1953. That was Gunsmoke. The name of that episode was Prairie Happy, as originally heard on CBS. You know, I get a lot of uh, emails from folks telling me that they thank me for playing Gunsmoke. They actually tune in to listen to the next episode of Gunsmoke. And that makes me happy because that's exactly what I was trying to create. If that show were on today and they were still doing new episodes each week, with that cast, obviously they're all gone, but you, you understand what I'm saying. I tell you, I, it doesn't matter where I was, I would stop and get to a radio and I would listen to it. And for those of you that have not heard many of these episodes in the past, apparently that's what you're starting to use this show to do. And that just pleases me to no end because I fell in love with this show several years ago. It was so good. And and I, I've said before, I can remember listening to a few episodes as a kid, but never on a regular basis. My grandmother up in the San Joaquin Valley would listen to it. And sometimes I remember my dad would have it on the radio in the car. And my mom had the radio in the kitchen almost always on KNX, which is was the CBS affiliate in Los Angeles. She used to listen to a lot of the soap operas during the day as she did her housework and entertainment shows. They weren't all soap operas. I remember sometimes like we were home on a Saturday night. If I turned on the radio in the kitchen, there would be gun smoke. And I was always fascinated with it. 
but never made the connection to, to come and listen to it every week. Well, you know, I've listened to all of these episodes probably a dozen times. And I'm just tickled to death that some of you are discovering it for the first time and enjoying it just as much as millions of other people have down throughout the years. You're a nice young fellow, but you need a little straightening out on the way things is around here. everybody that is going to do it for this week this week is in the books of course we will be back on the weekend with one of the shows from our vault one of our archive shows we look forward to having you then and we'll be back next monday and start the whole thing all over again going out tonight i thought we would play or today i should say i thought we would play a little song that you probably have not heard for years and years and years This is by a guy named Larry Flanagan. And, uh, well, if you're a baby boomer, you'll remember it. If not, it's a fun song. This is Bob Bro. I am so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me.
Cause you said, dear one, there's something that I have to 